0: Welcome to WDFG, Dear Final Girl Radio, the advice and horror podcast where life problems have an answer. Now here are your hosts, Lori and Tamara.
1: Hello, Final Girl. Hello, Final Girl. How's it going? Uh, It is going well. How are you, Lori? I'm good, Tamara. It's always good for us to identify ourselves. Although, hopefully, those out there know who we are at this point.
0: Hopefully. What is this? Number four?
1: Number four, something like that. But what they don't know and what they can't see is your groovy lipstick. (laughs) It's It's like gray. I love it. Is it like specifically sort of Halloween season focused or. Um, No, it was kind of a
0: whim, like trying to be more. Uh, I don't know, outgoing in my lip color. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, and uh, so I, you know, I bought a very purple one, and then this one, and I was like, oh, that'll be less purple. No, it looks like I'm in black and white.
1: but no, it, 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 It's really cool, actually. Oh, it's very cool. I like it a lot. Thank you. I'm, like, completely... Clean shaven today. Mm-hmm. I just got out of the shower. Woo. I was running late today. Well, you had good reason.
0: <laughs> I've had good reason all weekend.
1: Woo! Yep, yep. Halloween hoot nanny. Joe Bob's show Friday night it was really awesome. Tons of tons of mutant fam interaction on nice. Twitter. And got a little got a little shout out, which was kind of nice. Yeah, me. Thank you, me and uh, uh, T J Denton, who does the art for the Joe Bob Blog, and and much more than that. Um, And then also Jen, um, who does the Joe Bob Fanzine. Oh yeah. Yeah, and really the whole show was very fan oriented it it was really cool i mean i i think you know that's always been a critical part of the joe bob world right is is the fan engagement so yeah it was really cool uh but missed being away from our our podcast so yeah so here we are here we are we have an un we have many unseen guest stars (laughs) um some are human some are animal um, and all are doing a damn fine job of being quiet including my husband in the next room. So. Hi Ken. Hi Ken.
0: I don't know. Uh, hopefully with our swanky new microphone
1: you can't even hear anything. I know. That so. I know. Well, final girl, Laura, Lori, what yeah. are we calling you? I don't I, know. I both, both. <laughs> it just yeah. L. L. I actually did think about that. Maybe it should be L. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, new episode of the podcast, new you. Yes, yes, I'm trying. Shake your hair out, I'm girl. trying. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, not coincidentally, um, this being the season, this being, you know, I, I, this will, this episode will probably drop not long after Halloween. Yeah. Um, and that is actually the movie that we are discussing today. Mm. Yes. Yay. Um, the immortal classic, yes. the immortal classic, John Carpenter's comma S apostrophe to indicate possessive <laughs> Halloween, sky <laughs> comma. Sky comma. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Um, mm. yeah, I'm really
0: excited about this one. Um, both because of the letter yeah and because of like we've uh we've talked about a lot of classics um but this is one that i had actually seen before (laughs) viewing it this week yeah yeah (laughs) and um and i had actually did a little bit of research if you um if you can call it that i mean Uh, shout out to night of the horror files, Lee and Brittany, Brittany. Mm -hmm. Um, I listened to their, um, episode of about Halloween earlier in the week and they pointed out a lot of really cool things. Um, yeah, especially that this is a spiritual sequel to black
1: Christmas. I loved that. I never thought about that. Right. Um, wasn't even aware that, that was something that had been discussed or that that was maybe a prevailing opinion so what tell me more about what you thought about that so um what
0: lee and britney pointed out or i guess lee pointed out because he's the um he's the expert right um is that a lot of people try and i tried to explain this to my husband last night and he was um he had been drinking a little and so he, <laughs> he he wasn't like listening to me um he was he, you know oh well this this is a morality tale right that people have put the morality tale on top of halloween and like oh well because Lori strode is the virginal one and all of that that she's not right. um or that she survives because of these things. Um, because of her person, you know,
1: her personal characteristics. Right,
0: right. Right. And then I think it was Lee who pointed out that like Black Christmas, the friends in Halloween tend to get killed off because they're too busy to notice. They're too busy trying to have sex or hang out with their boyfriends or whatever that they're too busy to know have that situational awareness and figure out what's going on with the world and with Michael Myers in particular that
1: um, that's so. amazing that that's a really amazing insight because I think that it taps into the core principles of final girl what distinguishes her what makes her the survivor and there's 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 this interesting dual thing going on because her her level of attention to what's going on like mm-hmm. how ironic is that like her maybe elevated level of awareness not only about herself but about her environment mm-hmm. could we say in some ways this makes her more susceptible does i, I don't know that it makes her a target because right. like i feel uncomfortable saying that just like as a human person in the world like, well, fuck, I'll stop trying to be so self-aware then. Because <laughs> right. What's it going to get me, you know? But and and it and it it that level of awareness it exacerbates the difference between her and her her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually even makes her Somewhat of a of a of a target um, of her friends, you know, in with a relationship between Lori and Annie and Linda in this film. I mean, it's we will talk more about that because because of the letter, but it makes her a little bit of a, a of a you know continued target uh, a, a joke target for her friends, like oh. Lori, you know now you're seeing men behind bushes, and mm-hmm. you're scaring another one away. You know right. Annie is just. <laughs> to right, Annie. Annie, she's a pill. I was going to use another word, but I don't know if that's right for this show. But she's a pill. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, that is interesting, and even though we won't talk about Doctor Loomis, uh, on probably much on this on this episode, we might. But he, those things are very true of him too. He has this ability. He has this ability to see what Michael really is, mm-hmm. and other people don't believe him. So mm-hmm. there is this, along with this mor- morality tale. There's sort of something about um, authority, believability validity and,
0: and also sort of the awareness that evil exists in the world and that like you just by seeing it you aren't being uh cynical or paranoid that you may just be a realist
1: That's right. That's right. And we have the we have the benefit in the audience of like Im- immediate, immediately believing the narrative. I like like we're we're horror movie spectators. We uh, and of course, I mean we've we've seen we have seen the opening of Halloween is showing this six year old boy who inexplicably <laughs> has you know snapped or may, or whatever you know. There's mm-hmm. a lot of theories around what what happened with michael but you know he's he's killed us i mean we're in on it we know right we know
0: so i think that's a good place to start maybe we should backtrack a little bit and do a little uh plot summary
1: yeah we'll do a little plot summary so for the one person listening out there who has not seen (laughs) john carpenter's halloween um this is basically the story um of a young boy who on Halloween night in, I think 1963 yeah in Haddonfield and, in Illinois yes had, <laughs> yes he um, murders his sister uh, murders his sister after uh, it, it's it's a post coitus murder yeah. um, she's she's had a little midnight
0: he didn't yes
1: yeah, with yeah his the sister. boyfriend no he didn't but his sister after a little midnight tryst with a two-second boyfriend uh (laughs) michael the boyfriend was really (laughs) yeah sure babe sure (laughs) that was lovely Um, he murders her um don't know who this kid is don't know the why flash forward uh 15 years Mm -hmm. flash Flash forward 15 years, we're introduced, you know, over the course of the first, you know, 15 minutes of the film to the major characters. Laurie Strode, who is our final girl, um, her friends, Lindy and Anna, Linda and Annie, um, who um, um, uh, through the course of... The, we were introduced early to their relationships with one another. Uh, Lori's a different, you know, kind of more introspective, a little more uh, introverted, thoughtful. Linda and Annie much more outgoing, mm-hmm. um, and setting up the contrast between their characters. Um, and Michael Michael, uh, during this 15 years, has been in custody and under the care of Dr. Sam Loomis, portrayed by Donald Pleasance. Um, Mm -hmm. After that opening murder scene, uh, we see Loomis and a nurse who are about to essentially help transport Michael to a different location because Mm -hmm. that's what's been court-ordered. Loomis completely disagrees with this because he knows what Michael is. He believes that he should stay exactly where he is. Um, Michael inevitably escapes and returns to Haddonfield, on Halloween night, you know, 15 years after murdering his sister. And that, that sets up for yeah. us a really good... Um, I'm going back
0: to what Night of the Horror F- I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have listened to their thing before I watched the but movie. But it's so because, good. <laughs> uh, because uh, what Lee talks about is how it sets up a sense of dread. Yes. There's this whole sense of dread throughout the movie. And yes. I think that having having Michael escape and knowing that he's out there and he's driven away before we even meet Laurie. Yeah. And we only meet Laurie in the context of Michael watching her. Right. Um, Well, I guess that very first opening scene when she's like, Bye, Dad! And we can't even hear her because the music is so loud. Right. Um, That's... Well, I can come back to that later. But um, that sets up for us... Like we're only seeing all of these people, Lori, Tommy, Linda, Andy, Annie, everybody as targets through Michael's eyes. And that's that's scary.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why even people who I mean like me, I I've seen this movie. Probably into the hundreds of times, mm-hmm. um, it, it you, that sense of dread is always still there. It is mm-hmm. always still there. Um, so, so, but you know, as we, we started out talking about kind of the differences that are set up between all of the fe- the the female leads between mm-hmm. Lori, Linda, and Annie, mm-hmm. and um, it was the it was the letter that we got that prompted us to cover Halloween. Um, yeah. And um it just seemed to to fit really well. So of course as you guys know, this is Dear Final Girl is an advice and horror podcast. (laughs) So we explore answers to life's problems through the magic of horror movies. Um and do you wanna read the letter this week? Sure. Okay. Sure. Um I'll read the letter. Dear
0: final girl, I'm really jealous of my best friend. I try not to let her know, but I feel pretty insecure when I'm around her. I didn't always feel this way. We used to be really close, but I can't stop comparing myself to her lately, and I don't understand why. Several things have happened in my life recently, and I'm just not feeling like my old confident self. How can I get over this? It's not her fault, but I still feel angry. Bitter in Dayton, Ohio.
1: Well, we have all been there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We have
1: absolutely all been there.
0: I was, you know, as I was reading the letter originally and just now, like thinking of all the people that I've felt this way about over the course of my life. And it's, you know, usually, here we go, solving it completely, you know, (laughs) right (laughs) here. Sometimes our solutions
1: come at the end, but sometimes (laughs) they're right at the
0: beginning. Well, I I think that uh, the letter... As it often does, holds a secret to the the prescription, right? Um, How can I get over this? Is what Bitter asks, and the fact that she says, you know, this is not my friend's fault. This is my fault. um, Speaks really highly of Bitter in that she she already has some self awareness. And I think that every time that I've had this issue, it's
1: been that shit's not going right in my life. Yes. And she's and she speaks to that. Yeah. Like I mean she that's where you're going. I mean that's yeah. where she speaks mm-hmm. to that. And
0: that it's not my friend's fault. It's that I gotta I gotta figure out something in me.
1: Right. Right. And this thing and and this is like where that sort of fine line between Self-awareness and self-blame mm-hmm. comes in mm-hmm. because um, it's good, it's good to take personal responsibility. It's because really, the solution can only ever be an internal one um, because otherwise we're always, we're always going to be like a a, a victim Mm -hmm. to external circumstance. I mean, we, we, we cannot control, we cannot control the bulk of what happens to us in our lives, even though we go about our day as if it's going to go exactly (laughs) like what we had planned when we woke up in the morning. So, so the only, the only solution ever really does lie with a, a certain level acceptance adjustment peace about whatever is going on and I, you know i have found in my own life when i have been you know the well this is a recent development i've made some really really shitty decisions based on um basically jealousy mm-hmm. you know that i've had about other people i mean i've made like major wrong decisions oh. because of that and now when i find those feelings creeping up in me i i do the i i go like full fledged support <laughs> you know i go full fledged for the other person for the other person mm-hmm. and it has helped me radically transform those really icky... Because those feelings are just icky and nasty. They feel mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know that that has definitely helped. One of the things that you and I talked about with um, with this letter from Bitter in Dayton, Ohio, and I wish she had given... I wish she had given her name <laughs> because um, she knows she's more than Bitter. Yeah. we I mean... She knows that, we know that, but we, you know, we, we also honor when, when there is a request for anonymity, we, we honor that as well. Absolutely. But we thought about Halloween because, um, I mean, it was approaching that season anyway, Mm -hmm. and then it was like, wow, think of the characters in Halloween. What, what if, you know, this sounds like a, a letter that maybe on the surface could come from Lori, Mm -hmm. Lori Strode. Mm Mm-hmm. But then you never know what's going on for your friends. Right. And what if their what if what if her friend, what if Bitter's friend is feeling similar things? Right. And what if in in Halloween the confidence that Annie and Linda project, you know, it's hard not to think that deep down they might be kind of jealous of Lori because oh, she's yeah. much more grounded in her way. Uh-huh. So so that's, I think that's where there's, there's so many dimensions in this letter.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that it's hard to be the no fun friend, the responsible friend. <laughs> I was not that person in <laughs> high school. And I know that I sh- like basically shit on some of my um, responsible friends. I'm so sorry, Melanie. Like, I always blamed Melanie. These cigarettes are Melanie's because she was responsible <laughs> and, you know, her parents were like, okay, fine, you know. They they are your cigarettes and, like, they, were, they had an adult relationship between and, you know, that in itself is kind of fucked up when you're che- treating your 16-year-old like an adult, like a full-fledged <laughs> adult. But, right. like, uh, my friend's uh got the shit because I was like, well they're responsible, they can take it. And like, what a shitty thing to do, you know? But it's like <laughs> Annie, when when given the choice between going out and picking up Paul, her boyfriend, um, and staying there and watching the kid that she's being paid to watch She's like, oh, I know how I'll fix this, and she takes the kid over to Lori.
1: Right, right, and you know the thing that's even first of all, I have to say, like my face was beaming. I wish y'all could see, like I was, I was taking this like extreme delight in hearing these stories of you when you were sixteen, <laughs> High because I can hardly imagine that now. But it's just like we're, I mean, we're sixteen for God. I mean, I did shit yeah. like that. You know yeah. me too. I did. But, you know, the thing that makes it doubly, just doubly kind of shitty what Annie did is she also knew at that point, she was essentially... Like, blackmailing Lori. Oh, yeah. She had her in the difficult position, like, okay, well, if you do this, I will consider calling Ben Tramer in the morning to say that, oh, no, I was just kidding. To
0: reverse what I did to you. Yes,
1: yes. Now, I always, I always, I always admired a bit or appreciated what Annie did. Mm -hmm. Because she knew that Lori liked Ben and learned, or maybe she already knew that he liked Lori too. And uh-huh. she even says, it's like, look, you just, all you need is a little push. Right. Lori is very, she is very, pa- she is pass- She's mm-hmm. a bit passive. Um, I think she's one of those characters who... She ha- she has more strength than she realizes. Mm-hmm. She's more grounded than she realizes. Mm-hmm. But you also can't not say about her that she's insecure. She is also very insecure. Oh, I mean, yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. like in high school and right. I mean we're all we're all we're all like this, you right. know, we're all like this. And
0: she's, you know, she's cool enough in her
1: own right, you know. She,
0: what I loved is that she answered that teacher's question so quickly and yes. with such a full response while being distracted by this, like, weirdo outside <laughs> um, who's just, like, staring at right. the building. Um but then later on she's like boys think i'm too smart and it's like well good Good, good for you, girl. Like, yeah. get it. You know, hold that as a badge of honor and exactly. fucking tear down every single boy <laughs> who is gonna tell you you're too smart and leave him in the dust because you know, laurie Strode, president, or you know, yeah. like
1: Lori <laughs> Strode for president. Yeah, I mean, we we need your we need your calm grounded approach in these troubling oh, political times as we Ooh. head into election season. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So yeah, so so the weirdo, of course, that's staring at her uh, from outside the classroom window is Michael Myers. This is the first point of where they where they're laying eyes on one another. Mm-hmm. Michael has already been watching her from inside his own house. Yeah, from inside his own where house. Where apparently he was
0: eating a dead dog. Eating
1: a dog. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like dog related violence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Max yeah.
0: tried to make the point to me last night that um, you know he was targeting these girls, and I was like. No, because he kills the boyfriend Bob. Right, and he also kills two dogs. Like this is an equal opportunity killer. (laughs) Right,
1: interspecies. Yeah, like like, what would the what would like you know the uh, the FBI profile (laughs) work up? You know, it Uh, kills uh, targets women, but also you know is known to occasionally kill a guy and even an animal from time. Glasses. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The lashes on my ghost costume are just, uh, like, it's, it's so a wrong. masterful touch. <laughs> it really is. It a really is. A masterful touch. But it's interesting because I think that scene is really important, too. She's, I, and I, I was I, I was just writing about this yesterday. She's, I think when you, when, when you, when you know you're, when you know you're smart. Mm-hmm you there's a confidence that comes out of that you can't you can't hide that when right. when it's, and and I won't even just say smart cuz I, I don't i don't want to like folk i don't want to draw you know set up comparisons mm-hmm. but i think anything that you that you know about that you're interested in you're going to speak confidently out of that place even if you are very insecure in a lot of right. other areas of your life um, and I think that's true of, 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 of we horror fans. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there are a lot there are a lot of us who have uh, a lot of us horror fans that talk openly about like our insecurities and even sort of so, social social mm-hmm. anxiety. Um, but man, you know, when, when we're in our element, I mean, we really see like the fullness of right. one another and it, it's really, it's really a cool thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, think that's a really interesting scene too. In the
0: classroom? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I really do. I really do. Because there was, there's actually some discussion and this ties into, you know, our final girl concept the nature of the final girl, like is she... It's her qualities, and it's usually the whole virginal, mm-hmm. innocent, good girl versus, you know, her, like, slutty, shallow friends Right. Or whatever That 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 is key. Um, and there's a lot of discussion around the degree to... The degree to which she's a survivor, the degree to which she's mm. really strong... "Quote unquote, really strong. That even happens in a discussion. You can't of, see my face right now. I know. But I just it's went like, like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It rightfully sour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, the 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 picking apart of the degree to which the final girl is strong, the degree to which right. the final girl um, had had more. More courage than fear. I mean, fuck, you're getting chased by a homicidal maniac. I mean, what? how are you supposed to, <laughs> how right. Are you supposed to react? Right. Um,
0: and especially in the case of Michael Myers, who keeps coming back, right. I had forgotten about like the the sort of supernatural nature of this character in that he is stabbed, he's shot, he's like stabbed in the neck with a
1: knitting, knitting needle. needle. <laughs> um
0: I like I do like how they set up the knitting needles when she I didn't remember seeing them in her bag when she was like juggling the pumpkin and getting into Annie's car. Right. But then they set him up in the living room before uh, the other little girl, Lindsay, comes over. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, good. Because I knew there was a knitting needle somewhere and I couldn't remember where it was being set up. But he keeps coming back. And just when you think that that monster is gone, he arises again. Like that part after she stabs him with the knitting needle and she's like okay oh no yeah yeah yeah, it was the knitting needle and she like throws the knife on the ground and she's kind of like catching her breath yes and he sits directly up like the core strength of this dude to like (laughs) sit up straight like a board but it's like a zombie
1: yes it's it's almost like being like he's rising Constantly from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good observation. And I have a, like a little sidebar. Go so, on. Yes. So core strength. Yeah. It's really hard to do that. <laughs> yes. I mean, to sit up, bolt upright. from Without a pr- pulling your... Yes. They must
0: have had somebody holding his legs down to be able to do that. It do can know? be done.
1: <gasps> it can be done. And I'll tell you why I know yet. Yeah. Normally in real life, one cannot sit bolt upright from a prone position. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but... One of my best friends, uh, Nick, who I watch, have watched horror movies with for uh-huh. like 27 years. Okay. Um, I was at his place. We were in college. Uh, we had been watching horror movies all night. And I was sleeping on the couch. And I was awakened by the opening theme to Halloween. Because he snuck into the room and he stood in the corner and... And he cued it up and he hit play and I literally sat bolt upright (laughs) from a dead sleep, totally prone, as if I had a hinge at my very waist. It can, it can happen. And yeah, I, oh, but I got him back. I got him back. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like years later, uh, again, we were doing our little annual horror movie fest. He came out of the bathroom, and I met him at the door with a butcher knife. <gasps> and Jesus. I took a picture of him, and oh, it was no. awesome. So, yeah, anyway, a little aside there. I couldn't be friends with him. It's deep. You
0: guys, it's deep I, in your Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the... I say I couldn't be friends with you guys, but here I am having a normal yes. conversation. Yeah,
1: you're in my very home. But,
0: I, yeah, I don't... <laughs> Let me just say, um, if somebody met me at the door with a butcher knife, <laughs> there. It doesn't matter if I had just gone to the bathroom; <laughs> there would be a puddle of pee. It would be like yes. my reserve scaredy cat
1: bladder. Yes. That's like, yes, <laughs> yeah. The part that's always in there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, waiting. exactly. Um, so yeah, classroom seems super important. Um, I I think and yeah. Did you you were like ready to cue something up, weren't you?
0: Um, well, I just I I I think that. Um, There was another part that we hadn't talked about yet, which is that everybody's leaving school. Tommy's getting bullied. Right. Michael, like, catches the kid, one of the kids that's been bullying Tommy, and... And there's that... You know, yeah. that
1: one of those great sound effects. And Tommy's
0: still <laughs> laying on the ground, like, on top of his uh, pumpkin. Deflated on yeah. top of his Ooh. deflated <laughs> pumpkin. Um, <laughs> and then... Tommy walks off and then Michael walks off in the other direction. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me that Michael never targets Tommy or Lindsay. And I wonder if this is sort of playing out the 15 years earlier Halloween where Tommy is him and he's trying to re... Kill all the babysitters. I know I'm probably not saying anything new. No,
1: no well, uh, I mean, it, no, no, I think that's really, no, I think that's really interesting. And now he, in Halloween 4, he does which I know we're not talking about that, but in Halloween four he does target Michael does target a child. Mm-hmm. But the reason he targets her is because she is Laurie's daughter. Oh. So wow. that's yeah. where the connection comes mm-hmm. from. <clears throat> but I think you're right. And I think, yeah, he never targets the kids. It kind of makes me wonder, well, I mean, would he have? But I think I think you're I think you're you're right. Um he he knows he knows who his targets are. Um and wow, I am sorry. I'm distracted. My husband has on like the coolest looking uh knit cardigan sweater mm-hmm. vest. Sweater yeah, rocking it. Rocking like, it, babe. Really looking good. Fancy Sunday. Looking good. <laughs> <clears throat> um yeah. And so uh, you were talking about the, the early scenes of leaving school. That's where we're introduced to to Annie and Linda. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start seeing the dynamic mm-hmm. between these friends. Um, and we've, we've already been introduced to Lori, so we already have some... Um, we, we already are starting to get a feel for who she is. I mean, we know she's, like, very responsible. She's going to be babysitting mm-hmm. Tommy, whatever he wants to do. She's like, hey, I'm game. Mm-hmm. I mean, she loves this kid. You and know, then she's-
0: to contrast that, Annie, she talks with Annie about what Annie's going to do. And Annie's like, I'm going to put on the horror movies and make popcorn and then... Paul's going to come over. And traumatize
1: Lindsay for like six straight hours. (laughs) Oh, poor Lindsay. (laughs) But you know what? Okay, I'm very, I'm I'm just like full of sidebars today. Lindsay is such a little horror fan because she's the one that's like, I want to finish watching this movie, damn it. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, so. But you see, you see, um, you see the contrast in the friends and it's, you know, kind of make, it's making me, of course, think of the letter again. Mm -hmm. One thing that, I think everybody who watches this movie uh, think it has got to think at some point is like why in the hell is Lori still friends with these girls They like treat her kind of like shit mm-hmm. you know they're always teasing her about who who she is and how mm-hmm. she is and how it's tragic and she never goes out and she never has dates. And you're wacko, and you're paranoid, mm-hmm. and you know you you've clearly haven't lost it yet, meaning her virginity. Mm-hmm. But one thing I thought is like I started to think about it in the reverse, and maybe that's some secret to longevity in in the um, the friendship uh, of, of Bitter in Dayton, Ohio, and mm-hmm. her best friend is that, I mean, these girls have probably grown, these girls have probably grown up together. Yeah. And I think that despite the crappy way that Linda and Annie treat Lori, I mean, she's probably gotten used to it. Mm-hmm. And and these are things that were, were present in their personalities as they were growing up. As kids, and in a way, it kind of speaks to the power of their connection right. because even though they've become very different people, and maybe that's what's happening or what has happened with bitter and her friend mm-hmm. I mean if you're friends friends with somebody for any length of time, you're gonna go with each other through all these changes right um, I think it actually kind of speaks to the power of their friendship that even though they have become very different people, or always were, but it just comes out more as you are, you know, approaching adulthood. Um, that they're still they're still friends, you right. know, they're still friends, um, and and sometimes you get things out of the contrasts in personalities between you and your friends that may be challenging, but you're still it's you're still it helps you work through stuff right it helps you because you become a you work through the differences right yeah so
0: well and i think what's really hard about that is it's natural to compare yourselves to your friends yes um but they're the problem with comparing yourself to anyone is that you only see part of the story that's right so you don't if if your friend has let's say you're annie and you're jealous of laurie's um uh, uh smarts and her intellect and her grades well annie doesn't see <laughs> my cat doesn't see your Humphrey. cat either it I'm afraid just meowing yeah he, he wants to be part of the conversation he loves his, yeah. he loves
1: his mom okay um, go. please go ahead but <laughs> annie in her
0: jealousy doesn't see all the hard work that it takes to uh get to a point where you can you know answer back the teacher really quickly or you know she sees that her friends carries her friend carries books home with her
1: every <laughs> <lot>. day. yeah <laughs> And also, like, get a bag, you poor girl. I know, I know. Um, Maybe the book bag craze hadn't quite hit yet. I guess so. (laughs) Uh,
0: But comparison is really difficult because we only see part of the story. Same thing with um, perhaps if Lori's jealous of linda or annie's relationships with their boyfriends right linda and annie both call their boyfriends like idiots and jerks and assholes and whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) but they but Lori doesn't see you know those phone conversations where paul is like all about just getting in annie's pants and lynn uh, they don't see linda like dealing with bob's Bullshit! Like uh, when Michael comes up, i uh. <laughs> <Bless> you!" <laughs> God, that one came from my toes. Um, <laughs> when Bob comes up in under the sheet, yeah. Um, Linda's like, "I'm. I don't know why I put up with this shit."
1: Basically, yeah. yeah.
0: And it's like, okay, well, it's taken a a while. What gets me? Okay, so another sidebar here. Paul. No, Bob. Linda and Bob. Mm -hmm. Bob obviously has, like, a sex van. And... (laughs) But then they are super excited about, of all things, going into Lindsay's house and having sex in Lindsay's parents' bed. Like, the weirdness of that to me... Like, I just... I guess... I just couldn't be in somebody else's bed like that. And I'm, I'm sure there's some of it that's like teenage doing something wrong, but also like, ew.
1: <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. I think I have, I have competing thoughts on this. I, as a matter of fact, I have, I have a, I have a an, another friend. Cause I, I actually have two. Um, <laughs> Two turtles. No, no, no. you no. have many more. I do, ones. I yeah. do. Um you have at least four. <laughs> yeah. Um I have a friend who is out of town for a couple of weeks. And, you know, sometimes I just like to have time by myself. And so I oh, was yeah. thinking like, oh, you know, while you're gone, if, if I just like got the itch to like stay at your place, could I do that? Uh-huh. And she was like, do I need to make up the um, the upstairs bed or you can just sleep in my bed? And my um, uh, my friend does have a, uh, a, a partner. Uh, um, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want to sleep where you guys do the nasty yeah. and I actually said that to her yeah, so, yeah. so but I think then the contrasting thought is when you're and and you know we know this if you are a sexually active teenager or let's just say young adult mm-hmm. <clears throat> young adult the, the novelty of being able to do it in a in a bed. Anywhere? In a bed. Yeah. Like, in a bed. Like, cause, <laughs> you know, there's plenty of doing it in the car. Yeah. Um, but to be able to do it in a bed, in a nice, in a nice surrounding, when you know that you're not going to get caught. I mean, that's like, that's like, that's like pay dirt right there. yeah But, uh, yeah, but I still get it. But, yeah, I... Yeah, I the sex van. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa.
0: yeah. Um so I think that um for me there's a couple of things going on here. We talked about um Lori's elevated awareness of evil mm-hmm. um or elevated awareness of her surroundings and the possibility of there being an elevated awareness of evil between her and Loomis. Um and I, I think that While under certain circumstances, if you were going to say that like the, the real life, normal life were Linda and Annie get out ahead, right? Because they've got the boyfriends and they, you know, have this social life and all of that. Um, They may get out ahead if you're keeping score, right? But in the universe where Michael Myers exists, Lori really gets out ahead. Like, well, not real. I mean, she doesn't die. She's right. damaged. But so the, the idea that we compare ourselves to other people totally negates the fact that we have our own strengths mm. and that we have... Things to contribute as well, and even though we may be admiring somebody else's strengths and somebody else's capabilities, um, we often overlook our own. And the more that we compare, and you know, sort of like feed that jealous part of ourselves—the <laughs> yeah. little, the little green monster, oh, you yeah. know, the green-eyed monster. Um, that we that monster wants us to continually look at other people and not you know be grateful for what we have and the things that we can do
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and I think so it's interesting because you know one could one could if I think about if I think about Lenny and Uh, Linda and Annie, Mm -hmm. I want to, I want them to have, like, more meat on their bones as characters than they do, and I have to, for me to, for me to put anything more on them than what is what is is shown mm-hmm. would just be like I'm just kind of wanting to do that like as like as a feminist move, <laughs> you right, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like there's there of course there is more to these girls, right? Okay, well, and first of all, there but it's really not there. We don't we don't mm-hmm. see that. We don't see that a lot. Um, they're in high school. Um, you know, one thing that one thing that I do want to point out as potential potential strengths in Annie and Linda is that, like, they're very um, sexually confident young women. Mm -hmm. I mean, now, okay... That that even that's probably giving too much credit. I think being a horny teenager <laughs> does not translate to sexual confidence. Right, right. But they're not afraid of sex. Right. You know. They and, and it's interesting that the phone call that you mentioned where it's like, okay annie you know and uh, paul's parent annie's boyfriend is paul paul's parents have left even though he's grounded which you know smart move parents you know he's grounded you're leaving you know he's gonna do something yeah yeah. but it's basically like okay hey we're we can get together now Mm -hmm. and um she says something about like hey i think that's all you ever think about and he's like i think that's all you ever talk you know talk mm-hmm. about and she's like well let's stop talking about it and getting down to doing it so i think as far as the level of like let's yeah <laughs> let's bone they're both right there pulling right, <laughs> yeah. together yeah. so i mean i th- i have a, i have an appreciation mm-hmm. for because when i you know man this is like a tmi moment right here when I was like I became sexually active when I was 18, mm-hmm. 18 years old. Up until that point, I was terrified of sex. Like mm-hmm. I was absolutely terrified of it. As I mean, we are
0: <clears throat> of most things that we don't understand or yes, know. Yes. Yes. The unknown.
1: And all and all I like I think part of the terror was I just like I mean, especially like if you're a woman, I mean that first time, it don't feel good. Okay, mm, <laughs> I mean it. Mm-mm. It hurt. It hurts, you know. And so I was scared of how painful. Lube up. Yeah, folks. lube up. But, I mean, you know, lube but, is always helpful yeah, to everyone. Lube is
0: yes. Anyways, go. Yes. <laughs> any bit, yeah. We.
1: You know, we can talk about our favorite brands. You know, on another podcast. Yeah. But anyway, but like so, like I, I, you know, I was very terrified of sex. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, after a few times, you lose that. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, there's there's a strength I think in in their, in Linda and Annie's sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it does kind of set up the whole this this whole high school model of and and this I think goes back to the letter two, the comparisons. Mm-hmm. I think as as equally strong as the. The very real life, you know, captain of the football team, the cheerleader, the prom king, the prom queen, mm-hmm. the success in high school and how how um, devastating that can be for, mm-hmm. you know, for uh, the ones who feel alone and right. different and awkward. There's also the 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 beyond high school story, yeah. where you know the captain of the foot the captain of the football team and the head of the cheerleading squad get married and it's a match made in hell, and you know the idea that the heist that for that for some people the high school years because of all the early success and popularity mm-hmm. that they have end up being like the best years of their lives right. whereas for most of us we go on and we're like let get the get us the fuck out of here mm-hmm. let's start I- identifying and creating creating lives and identities for ourselves that are away from right. this am- amazing pressure cooker that Oof. is that is high can be high school, yeah. you know,
0: and a lot of times now goes on into college.
1: Oh my God, yes. The the
0: the bubbles that we build around ourselves socially and um, and academically because of um, who we are around and who uh, we other people have chosen like college you decide okay i'm going to go to this school or that school but you don't have control over who else is being brought in right um and it's all just a guessing game anyways um
1: yeah the cl- clicks are always there mm-hmm. i mean clicks are always there um you know we don't know the the situation with bitter and her um and her friend that she's having trouble with right now um, and I found myself wondering that, like, I, th- I always with our letters, it's like, oh, I just always want to, to know more. And we do, we do get some of our letters via email. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do have, um, we have had opportunities to engage further mm-hmm. with the, with the the people who write to us because, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, if, if folks want to do that, like, that's, that's yeah. great. And if not, that's okay too. Um, Whoa. Whoa. but yeah, I did, I did another cat, another, yeah. so there's always going to be a cat incident in every episode. Oh, <clears throat> um, but I did find myself wondering about Bitter and her friend within the context of perhaps a larger group of their friends. Right. Like, who, do they hang out? Um, are there other people that they regularly hang out mm, with together? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How does the dynamic of other people change the nature of their relationship? Right. Um, is, is bitter, um, does she tend to be more jealous when they are together with other people mm. or when, um, when it's just them? Or even when it's just her. Or even, yeah, yeah. So I, um,
0: I have a very good friend, and I told her about it afterwards. But like she and I taught together, and we taught across the hall, and we would often plan together. And um, I was so insecure in my um, in my abilities as a high school English teacher, and that was wrapped up in a whole bunch of things. That had nothing to do with how smart I was, but only had to do with my abilities to plan lessons that could do like to bring out the, um, to help students discover things on their own. And I have a good friend who, um, is no longer teaching high school, but she's still teaching and she does that in a billion different ways. Mm -hmm. And when... I, when we were teaching across the hall from one another and planning together, I had a really hard time because I felt like nothing I did would ever be as good as what she did. And having that, um, comparison all the time got in the way of me actually just focusing on what I needed to do, which was plan, plan the stupid lessons, right? Right. Um, because... And sometimes I think that comparing is a way of beating up on ourselves. Yeah. Um, and some of us, I'm raising my hand over here, <laughs> I,
1: thinking I know where you're going. I'm just going to join yeah, you. <laughs> some of us
0: just, didn't, you know, have felt or have used self-flagellation <laughs> as a a way to feel something. Yeah. And not necessarily you know for some people are like oh i messed up on that and then they learn from it i however say i messed up on that i'm so stupid why did i do that i should have done this i should have did that you right know?
1: um right yeah it's it, bec- it can become um, a hobby uh <laughs> yeah. to self-flagellate uh whether <laughs> whether one really wants to be doing that or not he's all the way by the oh, way okay Um, yeah. So one of the
0: things, if if we're going to even get to a prescription, which, um, one of the things that I have found that helps me sort of slow that thinking down is that I journal.
1: Yeah.
0: And in the process of journaling by hand, I can get into the middle of that thought I'm so stupid. I should have done this. I should have done that. And should is definitely one of my trigger words Mm -hmm. where I realize should no. Okay. How am I speaking to myself? How could I speak to myself like a friend would speak to me? Mm. And then, um, sort of try to reframe the situation and see it from even from an outside perspective. So, um, I, it, it's hard to do and it's hard to uh, teach yourself that thing and it's not going to come the very first time. But, um, you know, that's something that I do that I find that helps.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's awesome. <clears throat> I had a couple of, one of my thoughts was I, I, I write a lot. I, I've never been a consistent journaler. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, I probably should be but i think i do more of my journaling in my head and it's through i guess for lack of a better word visualization oh. i try to think of because when when like these negative thoughts come up and when especially if if it's i'm you know kicking the shit out of myself mm-hmm. which i do <laughs> um, i try to imagine the strength and power of that emotion, I visualize it almost like like, um, like smoke mm-hmm. or vapor or steam, something that rather than being like this steel rod that is just killing me. Mm-hmm. I I am I, I try to I try to imagine it as what it really is, which which is a passing thing Mm -hmm. it it really is vapor because it is it is a mood that's I wasn't feeling a certain way mood comes in mood will go out Mm
0: -hmm. you're not your feelings yeah
1: you're not your feelings and I just try to visualize almost like an evaporation Mm. of that that because it's it's not just the feeling. It's the attachment to the uh, feeling. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's the stuckness. Mm-hmm. It's the, sim- like, I've got very, I have very sticky insides when it comes to certain <laughs> kinds of negative emotions. Uh-huh. And it's just like, when they come in, they just, I, I, they, they just, it's like flypaper. Right. You know, and I can hold on to that shit for a really long time. But um, as as a prescription, you know, for bitter, it's just sort of you will have these feelings, you will not have these feelings, mm-hmm. they will come, they will go, nothing nothing is permanent, yeah. nothing is permanent. Um, and so i'd be I'd be really interested to see how things progress mm-hmm. with her and their friend because they will they absolutely will change. Yeah. They absolutely will. And I think
0: that one of the things for me, and I should have said something to my teaching friend much earlier in our relationship when I was like, when I was feeling shitty about, you know, because since then I've said, you know, I was really jealous of you and it was really hard for me to teach alongside you. And she was like, yeah, but. I was really jealous of these things that you were doing. And I looked up to you for these things. And it was like, oh, okay. So that always let's work together with our strengths. Yes. So, you know, sort of a, a, secondary talk to yourself and figure out these feelings. Right. But also
1: talk to your friend. Talk to like the, the best medicine. I mean, ever. If you're having an issue with somebody, is direct conversation with them. I <laughs> and mean, it's it fucking
0: scary because it's vulnerability and it's, you know, it's making your, it's putting yourself out there. Yeah. But putting yourself out there often gives you the most reward.
1: It does, and I feel like that's the antidote because yes, you don't always get. You may not always get back what you wanted right. when you speak with someone directly. But I swear, like nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. it, it it has the power to solve problems mm-hmm. almost immediately. And have, it has happened.
0: And if these bad thoughts are fog, conversation, is you know sh- the sun coming up in the morning that's going to burn that yep, fog away. It's that
1: wind, it's that breeze that comes mm-hmm. up, yeah, that just burns the fog off of. I mean, I absolutely, absolutely. I have had I have had two major situations happen within just the past few months where someone that I had a troubled relationship with there was an opportunity to just go straight to the fucking core and mm-hmm. solve the problem, and it completely transformed those Yay. relationships. And I'm telling you, it is like yes, like I said, it's not may not always happen, but nine times out of ten, I mean, it is. Just, it's it, it it is the silver bullet. Yeah, we've reached the end of yet another. You know, <laughs> hopefully for. Enlightening discussion. Yeah. Uh, I hope you guys get as much out of it as we do. This is like our like weekly therapy to yeah. <laughs> to do this. But um, well, thank you, final girl Lori. Thank you, final girl Tamra. And thank you, final girl. yeah girls, boys, non-binary, nine binaries, mm-hmm. and keep staying alive. Yeah, stay alive. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, final girls, final boys, and final non-binaries. Tamara and I are honored to be your dear Abbeys of horror, but that's all we are, people struggling just like you. We're not professionals. If you're in crisis, please reach out. We like to promote the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at suicidepreventionlifeline.org, phone number 1-800-273-8255. There's an online chat, and they're even on Twitter. Their profile is The Lifeline, and the handle is at 800-273-TALK. The Lifeline isn't just for life-threatening situations. It's free and confidential support for anyone who needs it at any time for any reason. Just know you're not alone. Tam and I wouldn't be doing this podcast if we hadn't been there, too. Take care.